From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Unstaggering Trustfulness. The text is found in Psalm 112 and verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Suspense is dreadful. When we have no news from home, we are apt to grow anxious, and we cannot be persuaded that no news is good news. Faith is the cure for this condition of sadness. The Lord, by His Spirit, settles the mind in holy serenity, and all fear is gone as to the future as well as the present. The fixedness of heart spoken of by the psalmist is to be diligently sought after. It is not believing this or that promise of the Lord, but the general condition of unstaggering trustfulness in our God, the confidence which we have in Him, that he will neither do us ill himself, nor suffer anyone else to harm us. This constant confidence meets the unknown as well as the known of life. Let the morrow be what it may, our God is the God of tomorrow. Whatever events may have happened which to us are unknown, our Jehovah is God of the unknown as well as of the known. We are determined to trust the Lord, come what may. If the very worst should happen, our God is still the greatest and best. Therefore will we not fear, though the postman's knock should startle us, or a telegram wake us at midnight. The Lord liveth, and what can his children fear? Overwhelmed by his mercy, amazed by his grace, I am cleansed from all sin every sign, every trace. Jesus left heaven's portals himself to abase. I'm overwhelmed by his mercy and his all-sufficient grace. God's everlasting mercy, oh, a tender relief. When Sorrow 
If anything is obvious in this modern society, it is that people are confused, frightened, and uncertain about the future. Where does one look for the solution to the universal problems of guilt, doubt, and temptation? A number of years ago, Dr. Alan Cairns produced a booklet entitled A New Beginning, which deals with such questions as, How may I have my sins forgiven and my guilt removed? How may I be sure that I possess eternal life and that I am not deluding myself? And how may I enjoy the Christian life and live above constant failure and frustration? Dr. Cairns answers these questions from the Word of God. A new beginning is for inquirers into the nature of the Christian message of salvation and for Christians desiring to gain a good grasp of the first principles of the gospel. It is useful for both personal use and for group study and discussion. For a free copy of A New Beginning, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. 
You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A New Beginning, and we'll be happy to provide it. As he continues his series in the Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, Dr. Cairns comes to that great event that marked the inauguration of the New Testament Church, the Day of Pentecost. As Dr. Cairns will show, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day was the secret of the power of the early Church. That power of the Spirit is still the necessary ingredient for the Church in this day. In the course of this message, Dr. Cairns will deal with the miracle, the meaning, and the message of Pentecost. This is a vital emphasis for the Church of Jesus Christ, especially in this age of apostasy and man-made counterfeits. Now Dr. Cairns introduces this message, the day of Pentecost. At the very doorway of the book of the Acts of the Apostles, there stands the reason for all the many extraordinary things that we read about in that book. In the book of Acts, we are brought face to face with fearless and faithful people whose love for their Savior, Jesus Christ, could not 
be content. As we read from chapter to chapter in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we find a people whose praying is powerful and gains the ear of God. We find a people whose preaching is successful and gains the hearts of men. Their unity is strong and selfless. Their establishment as a church is deep and as steady as a rock. And their spread, first through Jerusalem, then through Judea, then into Samaria, and then slowly but surely, sometimes not all that slowly either, right to the limits of the Roman Empire. Their spread is dramatic and irresistible. As this great rolling tide of Christianity is observed in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we will read of enemies who are silenced, demons who are utterly defeated, persecutions which are turned for the good of the gospel, and converts that are multiplied in numbers so that churches spring up here and there and even in the most unlikely of places. As I say, at the doorway of the book, the real reason for all this wonderful, spiritual, victorious activity is given to, to us. Trying to explain the actions of the early church, the phenomena that surrounded their establishment and their evangelism, men are too often prone uh, to focus attention upon the men involved, their psychology, their mental makeup, their character, their preparation of heart, their dedication of heart. We are too prone even to spend too much time considering the period. And many volumes have been written about the messianic expectations, etc., etc., that mark the days uh, around the ministry of Christ and the ministry of the apostles. And by focusing attention upon the men and the period, we tend to lock our thoughts in to the purely human factors. Now, there are human factors. You would be a fool to overlook them. Uh, there is a quality of Christian character in these men that God used. But I would argue that when we focus our attention on that kind of thing, we are missing the real message. I would argue that far from the Christian character of these men being the key to the mighty works that were done in the early church, the Christian character that they displayed, that courageous stand, that indomitable spirit, that faithfulness in preaching and prayer, that unflinching zeal, even in the face of death, that kind of character is the result 
of a mighty working of God. And it's that working of God that we've got to understand if we're going to understand the book of Acts at all. So today, rather than looking at the human factors behind the great work of the early church, we're going to consider the day of Pentecost as the Holy Ghost explains it here in His Word. I can think of nothing more needful for us today. The Church of Jesus Christ today seems to be the farthest cry imaginable from that church which is pictured in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Just about every detail that I listed concerning that early church could be denied on a wholesale scale of the modern church, especially in the Western world today. In other words, if I understand Acts 2 aright, we need to get back to the basis of Christian power and of Christian church. Now, I want to be as simple as I possibly can today. I want to get down really to rock bottom. Many, many volumes have been written about Pentecost, and it really is almost incredible that so many views could be written about the one event. Some of the statements that very wise, learned theologians make just leave you gasping. There are those who want to make Pentecost mean what the Bible never teaches it means, and they want to explain Acts chapter 2 in the context of some modern charismatic experience. There are others who have an inbred dislike of that charismatic experience, and they want to explain the book of Acts in the absolutely opposite manner. Now, I would say to you that there is a great need in studying Scripture that we should explain our experience in the light of Scripture and not tailor Scripture to meet our experience. The experience of the child of God may be good, bad, or indifferent. The experience of the child of God certainly needs to be changed to a large degree. It needs to be deepened. But the Word of God never means anything differently today than it meant when it was written. Now, it may have applications today to situations that didn't exist when it was written. But the meaning of the Word must be the same today as when it was written and through all the period intervening. So I want this just to disregard as much as possible. Obviously no preacher, unless he can park his brain cells, or what pose as brain cells between his ears, and that he can park them out in the car, no preacher could possibly forget in preaching all that he has read from other uh, expositors on a given subject. But I want as much as possible to set aside 
the various theologies that are written about this and just look as simply as possible at Acts 2 of the day of Pentecost. I want to be quick at the first part of the message, if possible, because there are things at the end that I do want to reach. And I want you to be here when I reach them. Uh, first of all, I want us to think of the miracle of Pentecost. What happened in Acts 2 was that there was an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Acts 1 and 5 calls it a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8 speaks of it as a receiving of power as the Holy Ghost came upon them. Acts chapter 2 uh, speaks of, and I'm not coming at the moment to the incidental tokens, I'll come to those in a moment, the wind and fire, etc. But it speaks of a place in which they were meeting, being suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit and all the disciples themselves being individually filled with the Holy Ghost. And so this is an outpouring of the Spirit of God in a mighty manifestation of the fullness of His power. Now this is no mere psychological phenomenon. It has been said that uh, Luke, in writing this, is very clear that this is a vision. I have read the book of Acts more times than I can remember. I have to say that I have not seen the slightest indication that this was a vision. There was literally the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, the, I agree there was not necessarily any great wind, but there was the sound of the wind. There were what the AV here calls cloven tongues, as like as a fire. This wasn't seen in a vision. I realize that the fire, again, is not any more literal or literal fire than the wind was literal wind. But as there was the sound of wind, so there were given by the supernatural activity of God uh, tongue-like exhibitions of flaming fire. Now, you can explain that as spiritually as you like, but it wasn't a vision. The word cloven simply means that the fire, it's not uh, each little flame like a cloven thing. It is the fire distributing itself individually onto each disciple. So there was the sound of the rushing mighty wind and a fire. Furthermore, down in verse 6, it says, when this was noised abroad, you would imagine from that... Uh, that people began to carry the news of this abroad. That's not what it's saying. The translators give us, give us an alternative translation of this in the margin when they say, when this voice was made. When the sound of this went out. Now that's not a vision. 
the sound that was happening in this meeting place went out far and near and the people could hear it and the people knew where it was coming from and they were attracted to that place this is not to be explained as a mere psychological phenomenon there is no naturalistic explanation possible of what took place in the book of the Acts of the Apostles or particularly on the day of Pentecost. Peter in verse 16 gives us what it is. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that that Joel spoke about. As I said in Acts 1 and 5, the Lord Jesus calls it a baptism. I think the best explanation, or the best description rather I can give, is that in Acts 2 we have believers, Church of Christ, gathered together to receive a peculiar and overwhelming demonstration of the power of God the Holy Spirit. Now let's just get on a very practical level the impact of that. Here is the church to whom Christ has committed the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Here is the church which has a message from heaven, which has a mandate from the Son of God, and yet to carry on the work of God, the first thing that church needs is a mighty demonstration of the power of God the Holy Spirit. And indeed, they were told that they should obtain this from the sovereign gift of God ere they could ever begin their work. Now, the most practical consideration that I can come to here is this, that the work of God always needs to be carried on in the power of God. The work of God can never be done by anything less than the power of God. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. Music